0: Welcome to Liquid Church Audio. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered at Liquid by Pastor Tim Lucas. Liquidchurch.com, living water for a thirsty generation. Now,
1: we're live on the web. All
0: right, well, welcome. It is time for a little Super Bowl drama show of hands. Who is rooting for Big Blue tonight? Woo-hoo. Ooh. 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 Right, right? Ooh. Yeah. Anybody, anybody rooting for Tom Brady? Boo. Tom Brady. Boo. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Did, did, you notice, did you notice how you hear, actually, they were all female voices? I know. And Jeff Allen
1: over there, Jeff- he was he <laughs> picking his hands. We actually, somebody at the 9 a.m. was wearing, like, a Tom Brady jersey. I saw that. I saw that. I thought it was sacrilege. How are you going to do that in big blue country? <laughs> you know? My goodness. Now,
0: you know, it's funny, because we're Giants fans, but honestly, I feel, like, a little bit like it's inevitable tonight. They've gotten three, you know, Super Bowl rings in the last seven years, and it feels kind of like we're poised for a fourth. Oh, ye of
1: little faith. Ye of little faith. Come on. The Giants are not a one-man show. They are a team. We're talking Strayhand, Yuminura, Plaxico, Brandon Jacobs, Eli. All right, come on. There we go.
0: I'm just, I'm just saying it is hard to argue with three rings. It's like the Pats have like this winning strategy that like they lock and load each year. They,
1: they do have a strategy. It's, it's good that you, you chose that word. Um, Bill Belichick is a master strategist. You all know who Bill Belichick is, right? Head coach of the Pats. He is just a master of strategies, master game planner, and basically this guy has a notorious reputation for keeping everything very secretive. I was reading this one interview of him, this past week, where basically this reporter asked him, so you know, all right, Belichick, how does this particular Super Bowl against the Giants compare to the other three that you've been in the last seven years? And Belichick basically grunts this answer, they're all special and they're all different. So the reporter's like, "Uh, yeah, but how are they different? And his answer, no joke, was literally, we didn't go to Arizona before. (laughs) This guy keeps everything under lock and key. He does not reveal his strategy. But this much we do know about his strategy, and that is this. You just give the ball to Brady. Those five words are like the key to his success. Giving the ball to Brady. You all know who Tom Brady is, right? He's been on the cover of every single magazine: GQ, Details, Sports Illustrated, Bachelor of the Year. This guy broke the touchdown record this year. He's had one of the single most just amazing statistical seasons ever. This he's, guy is—he's is, like thirty years old. He's—he's he's a stud. He's only thirty years old. He's so good looking. He's got everything. He's got everything. Thirty years old. He's—he's he's already in the same sentence as like Joe Montana, Terry Bradshaw. Phil Sims, even. He's in that category, right? But seriously, you know, Brady just has this ice water running through his veins. He's always calm, very cool. And the reason why is he just knows what play to call at the exact time, whether it's short yard run, 15-yard pass, deep bomb to, you know, Randy Moss in the end zone, whatever it is, he can audible out of anything. He has a game plan, and the game plan is this, give the ball to Brady.
0: That's really what a strategy does. It sets you up and prepares you to win no matter what position that you are in, to be successful as a team. Brady's actually notorious. He's relentless. He kind of works out like a maniac in the offseason. And actually, in the interior of the New England Patriots, actually, he continues every year to train harder and harder and actually exceed the previous season's best. And it's interesting because a lot of people are like, well, a lot of luck has to do with it. You know, luck kind of gets you in there and everything. And the reality is, and there was a great quote, they said, yeah, luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. That is when you prepare extra hard and then all of a sudden opportunity opens and you go for it, that's when luck happens. It's like the harder I work, the luckier I get. And I say that's actually why their strategy is very simple. It's give the ball to Brady because he will be prepared and know what to call. And the strategy is really about developing a game plan that puts you in the best position to win when it's needed most. Now the deal is this, the same holds true when it comes to our spiritual lives. That is, success in your own life spiritually or in the life even of a church corporately doesn't just happen by chance. It requires a game plan. The churches that you see out there kicking butt and taking names for God, they are not effective just by chance. Like some churches, like, wow, they're really making a difference. I guess, I don't know, God just seems to bless them more. I don't know. I uh, hope you could do that for us. Not so much. It's not about luck. It's not about luck of the draw. But they have a game plan in place. Now, you guys know, especially if you're new, Liquid is a creative, it's a contemporary 21st century church, but we actually have a first century game plan, and our mission is to lead our generation into a life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. In other words, our goal as a church is to make Jesus famous, to actually get the the good news, what we call the gospel out there, and the good news is this, that regardless of what you've heard, God is not angry, distant, judgmental. Towards humanity. That's, that's a distortion. That's, some people have made him out to be that way. But in reality, we learn through the gospel of Jesus Christ that he, God's actually withholding his judgment. And instead is reaching out at this moment with mercy and compassion and forgiveness for any man or woman who would simply call on his name. doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done. You matter to God. How much you matter to God, that's the message of the cross, right? How much does God love you? Jesus is like, this much. Nails through my palms. I love you so much it hurts. I would rather die than live without you. That's the message of the cross of Jesus Christ. That anyone, no matter what you've done, can be embraced by God through the cross of Jesus. And that's incredible news. That new life is possible no matter how hopeless life seems or devoid of purpose or meaning. That actually there is incredible purpose and meaning. Now, because that's such good news, you would think then Christians would have an easier time spreading that. But it's a, a message not everybody's always ready to hear, and sometimes, although it's, you know, changed a lot of our lives, it's not always the nat- most natural thing to talk about. Did you notice this? With, like, family or, or friends, people who, who, are, who, who don't follow Jesus, it's kind of, it's difficult sometimes to talk about. You kind of have to be intentional about it, but it often is awkward. So many of us just, like, forget it, you know? So you look at that mission, you're like, all right, lead a generation into a life-giving relationship with Christ. Go for it, Pastor Tim. Go for it, Tom. Love the jerseys. Go get them, Tiger. And we're like, no, 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 (laughs) no. It's not that easy. Because this is our mission together as a team. It's the mission that Jesus passed along to all of his followers, to all his disciples, going to the whole world and preach the good news about me in your circles of influence. And the interesting thing is that Jesus actually came up with a game plan. That is, before he left... He didn't just tell his disciples, like, just drop this outlandish goal, like, world domination. Go for it. I'm out of here. He he rather, like a good coach, better yet, a master strategist, Jesus gave his disciples, the early ones as well as us as church, a game plan to execute in impacting the world for Christ. See, just like in sports, winning doesn't happen by chance. There's a strategy that pulls together individuals to accomplish together corporately what none of us could do individually. It's the exact same thing
1: spiritually. That's right. You know, we want to share with you just one verse this morning. It actually comes to us from the book of Acts uh, to show you what we're talking about here. If you just turn in your Bibles there to page 755, the book of Acts. It basically comes... It's a book that comes right after the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then we have Acts there.
0: So you have the Gospels. These are just the testimonies about Jesus. Matthew,
1: Mark, Luke, John, and then Acts. This is what they actually did. These are the actions. This is what actually happened. That's right. And um, you're going to see there, Jesus is speaking here to his disciples, and he's speaking to them right after he's been resurrected from the dead, you know? And th- but at the same time, this is before he actually ascends, or before he ascends into heaven, goes or returns to heaven. Acts chapter 1, in the first Two verses you'll see there. Luke writes, In my former book, he's talking about his own gospel of Luke. In my former book, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions or after giving this strategy through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. In other words, Luke says, I'm writing here the final instructions. I'm giving you the game plan, the playbook, the strategy that Jesus called before the huddle before he left this world. And this is very important
0: because, see, the disciples at this point were a little bit freaked out, honestly, at the thought of Jesus actually leaving. They're kind of like, wait, 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 wait a minute. You know, Don't leave us alone. What, what are we going to do without you? you know, kind of the co- we can't even get along with each other, you know, let alone fan out to the corners of the world to be your, your witnesses. And Jesus was like, relax, zip it. I know, you. chill out, Peter. You're not alone. You're not going to be orphans or without a coach. There is a game plan, some inst- intentional instructions I'm going to give you. And if you follow the divine instructions together as a team, I'm going to guarantee success beyond what you believe. Not so much based on your like, individual skills or your strength that you bring to the table, but rather because of what I'm going to pour into all of you and then enable you to do together. You will know when it's time for a one-yard rush, when it's a 10-yard screen
1: pass or a Hail Mary. If you just follow what, what Luke says, my instructions. That's right. You know, And some of you may be thinking right now, are they, are they actually combining football and the Bible? You're thinking that maybe we're crazy. But let, let's show you what we're talking about here. Skip down to verse 8 on page 756. And you'll notice there how Jesus tells the disciples to, no, don't go in, Stay where you are. Stay there locally. Do not leave Jerusalem. And then check this out. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But he said to them, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, we can't breeze over this because although it sounds simple, there's something very profound going on here. Jesus is saying, after I leave, but before... Before you all spread out, you will receive Power and the Greek word used there is the word dunamis, which is basically where we get our word dynamite. This explosive power. You will receive this explosive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. In other words, it's not all on your shoulders. Evangelizing the world isn't up to you in and of yourselves. There's twelve of you actually on the table. Well, actually, no. no take that back. It's eleven. One of them got cut, right? But honestly, <laughs> Jesus is there, and He's saying there. He's saying, I mean, I don't mean to hurt any of your feelings. But you actually mm, you don 't have what it really takes to take over this whole world to evangelize it and spread forth god 's mission you don 't have what it takes but i 'm going to give you something i 'm sending you the holy spirit i 'm going to give you this power, the spirit of God himself, my own spirit, and that 's going to fill you up and give you power for the task ahead so you 're never alone you 're not going to do this thing by yourself you 're going to wait for the filling and the power of the Holy Spirit this supernatural force that That comes in and indwells the new believer, indwells the heart and life of every believer. And now watch. Once you've suited up for the game, here's the strategy. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Does anybody see a game plan here?
0: a strategy embedded in this verse. In other words, look at this. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. This is where we're starting, right here at the line of scrimmage. That's where they were, in Jerusalem. And then it will expand, next play, to all of Judea and Samaria. In other words, go a little farther out, maybe 10, 15 yard pass. And then eventually where? Hail Mary, to the ends of the earth, all the way to the end zone. In other words, in his final instructions to the disciples for leading the whole world into a life-giving relationship with God, Jesus describes this three-pronged offensive drive of ever-widening impact. You get this? Jesus was like, the gospel going to spread this way. All I right, want you to this. start really small. okay, Right here, because we're real local, okay. we're going to start right here in Jerusalem. And this is where all the Jewish people were. In other words, the Jewish people knew God. They actually went to church. They went to temple and everything. They're like, we're going to start here with the people you know. One yard rush, real simple. But then we're going to have an increasing risk. You're going to go to Judea and Samaria. They're a little bit of the outer regions over here. And now Courtney got nervous. Courtney was getting (laughs) nervous. And now this is where we get real nervous because he's like, that's not it. After that, we go long. This is Randy Moss, Tom Brady. All, All the right. way to the end. Oh, my gosh. Of that was earth. a little too far of out. the earth. We just want to bless you people in the <laughs> lobby. Thank you for coming. Great to have you guys here, too. Awesome stuff. Yeah, there people go. know exactly. Thank you. So he's like, we're going to go the end zone. Ends of the earth. Because in the ends of the earth, were the Gentiles. They'd never even heard of God, let alone Jesus. And he's like, this is, you know what happens with a Hail Mary? Yeah, you saw. It's like, it's up for grabs. <laughs> it's got a very low probability. But with the Holy Spirit's power,
1: something incredible may actually happen. Yeah, you know, despite what you just saw. I actually did play a little high school football, but I was on the other end. So. I was a linebacker. Yeah, yeah there you, tell. you go. So okay. Kind of, but, you know, thinking about, uh, thinking about it in those terms, Jesus is basically laying out this strategy for us, and it's something like this. Number one, establish the short yardage game. Just think in terms of small steps. Don't think about the whole length of the field. Think of these 10-yard increments. And so for us, it's to start simple. Start with the people you know. Who do you know right now? Who do you have this relationship right now where you can talk about Jesus? You can talk about spiritual things, and you start there. And and it, then, it
0: might be a sort of close relationship there. Somebody who already have had those kind of conversations with. Exactly. But then is there somebody in your life who's a little farther out, a little bit of a stretch. The Samaritans in Samaria they didn't have any background in God. In fact, they didn't have a lot in common religiously with the Jews in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. But the idea was they rubbed shoulders in the workplace, in the marketplace. So like at your work, now start thinking Monday
1: morning work, class, where I go to school and all of that. Right. And so that would be the second part. this kind of mid-range pass, right? And then you saw the third one there. It's the real deep ball, the long shot, right? This is the kind of Hail Mary, you know, to to Randy Moss. This is where Randy Moss says, look, you just throw it as far as you can. and, And Brady says, okay, just Run as fast as you can and you just go deep. This is the kind of person where you're thinking, you know, you you kind of have this relationship with this person, but you, for the life of you, cannot imagine this person ever coming to God. In fact, you can't even picture them stepping foot into a church. This is that kind of Hail Mary. How many of of you have a Hail
0: Mary person in your life? Okay, somebody, yeah, and you're like, you're close with them, but man, that would be a long stretch. Folks, this is the strategy. This is literally the game plan that Jesus instructed us to follow. Short medium, kind of long shot there. In fact, this is the game plan we're going to follow as a church this February in our circles of influence here in New Jersey. Because each of you is influential. Did you know that? Some of you don't believe that. Some of you are like, influential? No, not me. Not little old me. I mean, what am I going to do, right? Okay, huddle up. There are people in your life, people whom God has intentionally put you into strategic position with. Yeah. Some of them are very close to you. You work with them on a daily basis. Some of them are a little bit farther out. You know that, 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 that guy at the gym you always talk with on Thursday mornings when you go work out? You know that lady on a two cubicles down from you? And some of them are way far off because they're your old college roommate and man, if you just even knew what his lifestyle was like. They don't understand that they matter to God, right. that Christ gave his life for them that he loves them, and that just perhaps a new life is possible. There actually is hope. There is meaning. And this, that God has intentionally moved you into position to make that incredible news known for the first time. Those of you who have been at Liquid um, for a while, you guys know that we don't feel like evangelism. Evangelism is just telling people about Jesus. is actually something for a select few. A lot of people treat it like that. Well, some people like, you know, you guys are up here telling people about Jesus. Oh, that's, not, that's not me, man. I just don't. You, you, you go. We're like, ah, team sport. When it comes to evangelism, everyone plays. Everyone. We don't have a special evangelism ministry or a special evangelism team because we believe that it's everyone's responsibility. If you're a follower of Christ, it's get on the field to reach others. And, and, it, and it's not crazy hard, but sometimes we make it that way. Because it's intimidating. It's intimidating to have that conversation. It's like asking a girl out. It's kind of like intimidating. I don't know if I want to go there, you know. Or we've just seen it done so badly that it's like, oh, I don't want to be that guy, you know, who's like wrestling people to the ground, you know, with telling about Jesus. And and, and the thought of it is intimidating and the results are bad. Those people who think the strategy is all up to them, like evangelism, okay, I'm going to do it. Win it for Jesus, sometimes actually end up doing more harm than good. We agreed on this. Our, our purpose is to uh, meet and convert as many people as we can as fast as we can. Right. You know, sometimes uh, you can try to reach their head or their heart, and it's just not going to happen. You've got to really go out there and bring them in. You have to invite them in. Essentially, and that's what we really like to do is is go around and just uh, basically
1: uh, pull them into church. Right. Yeah. Excuse
0: me, sir. Yeah. Do you know Jesus? Not personally. You want to come to church with us? <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> ah, great. <laughs> <laughs>
1: one of the challenges that we face is that people seem to run from the gospel sometimes. Mm -hmm. And you just have to take it to them. Mm -hmm. And and let us be very clear
0: about this. In order to do what we do on a daily basis, you have to be bold. You cannot be ashamed. Hey, what about those two? Yeah. Spirit Spirit leaders. Spirit leaders. Let's Let's go! go. You have (laughs) been chosen! You can't...
1: Man. it's another
0: one for the kingdom you know? <laughs> some people think evangelism is like that like it's about confronting people you don't even know just like tackling them with the truth you know <laughs> trying to break through when there's no relationship there's no context and then we wonder like I don't know why why we aren't gaining any yardage here the fact is you're not following the game plan Jesus said to his disciples this is a team effort partner together
1: and keep it simple. That's right. Uh, you, you have to keep it simple. And that's why our evangelism strategy, so to speak, here at Liquid is simply this invest and invite. Invest and invite. The game plan is so simple. All we ask of people is to do this. Just invest in the relationships that you already have. You know, just, just show people that you're not a nut. You don't have to be all crazy tackling them and, you know, bringing them into vans and stuff like that. We're not asking you to do anything like crazy like that. And the second thing is just invite. Invite those people that you've already invested in. Invite them to church and, and that's it. See what the Holy Spirit will do and how he does all the rest. It's, it's a very simple plan. Invest and invite, invest in trust-based relationships uh, with, and friendships with people already in your life who don't know Jesus, who don't know God, and invite them to liquid to hear, you know, that God loves them for the first time.
0: I think a lot of people think when they start following Jesus that this is the moment where we withdraw, right? We actually withdraw from the world, put a bubble down, hermetically sealed. We don't want to, you know, have any corrupt influence where Jesus is like the opposite, Go into Samaria with the half-breeds. Yes. And then to the ends of the world. People have never heard of you who are actually... Yes. That's the whole point. I'm going to fill you with my spirit so that you intentionally have relationships Mm -hmm. of actually redemptive potential with people who don't know they matter
1: to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it, it sounds simple, and, and it really is. I mean, I was telling Tim before, uh, this, this actually happened to me this past week. We, uh, I think it was Thursday or, or Wednesday night, we had some friends come over to our place, uh, Erica and I, to our house, and... Um, it's a couple, and uh, the guy had actually come to Liquid about a month ago, and he was sharing with me how, you know what, I've been going to church my whole life, and I've seen a lot of different churches and a lot of different places, but that time when I went to Liquid last month, that was the first time, in the first five minutes, I could already tell, like, whatever it was, there was something about this place that I could invite everyone in my workplace. I could invite everyone in my office. I could invite anyone I know and I wouldn't feel like all creepy and weird and they wouldn't feel all creepy and weird. This is the first time I've gone to a church where I feel so comfortable doing that. There's a reason for that.
0: Quite honestly, we don't believe it's up to us. (laughs) We believe it is literally up to God. We believe that once someone comes to Liquid, that actually God's going to touch them right where they're at. Mm-hmm. We're, we're actually not going to do anything special. We're going we're to provide some great music, hopefully a, a, a relevant message, some media, but we're just going to create this environment where they can come and the Holy Spirit is free to do whatever He wants and speak to them at the deepest places. Tell them that God loves them. Maybe they are hearing this in their heart language for the first time. Mm-hmm. Maybe after some time, after a long time away at church. And that's the reason every season we have a game plan. And every season, we plan a strategic message series for you to build a bridge to your non-believing friends. You guys know this. Sometimes we use music or movies or topics to find a connection in a language that that, that helps communicate the message of, of God's love. That no matter how broken or hopeless or painful or empty their current life may be, they may actually hear about hope. That there's such a thing as grace, not just judgment. That there is salvation, there's joy. There are actually normal people who are living in the world and are not of the world. You may remember that one of our strategic series from this past summer it was called "Rock God: Discovering God in Music." How many of you were here for that? Anybody here? for Wow! Some of you never left. You came, never, came, never left. That's awesome. We use you know all sorts of music. We use music by The Fray, by You Too. Yes, we even use Bon Jovi. And uh, to help folks invite the music lovers in their life back to church. It was incredibly effective. We actually preached. This is the, the irony of the whole thing. We actually preached exegetically, verse by verse, through the entire book of Jonah. And had over 300 first-time guests, for the first time, who'd never stepped foot in a church before. or they were returning after going to Mass maybe 15 years ago. Well, this February, next week in fact, February 10th. We have something planned that we actually think and are praying that God's going to do even greater things through. If you take out your program, you'll notice we put two little presents in here for you. Two little, two little game plans with our invest and invite cards announcing the new message series that's going to kick off next week. That is entitled Love and Respect. And marimba rhythms start to play. Dance with me, make me sway. Like a lazy ocean hugs the shore, hold me close, sway me more. Like a flower bending in the breeze, bend with me, sway with ease. For when you dance, you have to bear with me, stay with me, sway with me. Other dancers may be on the floor, dear, but my eyes will see only you. Only you have that magic technique When we swear I go weak I can hear the sound of violence Make me thrill only you know how Sway smooth, swimming Anybody here could use a little help connecting with the opposite sex? May, or, or, could, or you have a friend who could use a little help, right? <laughs> or or maybe, maybe it's your marriage, could use a little kickstart, like kind of like warm the paddles, thump, right? You know? And, you know, the reality is everyone here, everybody has something, whether you are single, whether you are married, we all have relationships with the opposite sex and, and we know they don't always go smoothly. And it can, it, there's an art to the communication and you've got to understand how god wired us because men and women are very different. We we know this. And what we're going to do is next week is kick off a series that is based in the book of Ephesians called love and respect and what we're going to do is really look at all the stages of a growing healthy relationship and the biblical design that god gives us for relating well again whether you're married whether you're single this is wherever you are at whatever stage in your relationship you'll notice we've kind of themed it actually around a a kind of movie titles like next week we'll look at what women want guys you know what women want right some of you're like yeah i gotta get flowers and candy this week you know it's flowers and candy ain't what they're looking for some of you are like, I know, she wants me to clean up too. You know, and it's like, no! Actually, we get deep into the heart of how God designed the feminine soul and actually the deep-hearted needs that are in it. And you know what? It's very different than for a guy. Um, we're going to look, in fact, if, if you're a woman trying to guess how mine think, you're, we'll tell you how to lose a guy in 10 days. Uh, that is a second week because guess what? Guys ain't looking actually for love. As much as you're a deep need to have intimacy and be embraced and nurtured, guess what? Guys aren't looking for it. They're looking, Paul makes a distinction, for a little word because with an R called respect. That you believe in me, that you actually don't have judgment, that I'm not falling short because you know what? When, when you respect me, then I respond with love. And, and, and when you don't respond with love, then, then, then you don't show respect. And, and what guess what happens? When a man doesn't show love, the woman doesn't respond with respect. And when the woman doesn't respond with respect, he doesn't love her. And That's what happens when we have the crazy cycle. And we're going to look into this because it's really outlined in Ephesians. It's incredible. And then finally, of course, we will get to the breakup. Uh, How to handle conflict. Uh, Maybe this is within your marriage. Maybe it's maybe you know somebody, in fact, who's gone through something like that. And again, this is supposed to be hopeful. We're going to give you kind of the art of handling conflict in relationships and get out of that cycle. And then, guys, we actually will, yeah, we will address the failure to launch. Some of us have a little problem with commitment. And, uh, you know, what makes commitment so scary, so difficult, particularly in our modern world? You've noticed this. And then finally, Hitch, what brings people together for the long haul? Because it isn't all flowers and candy and roses. It actually takes a lot to nurture a relationship that goes the distance. But you can read the rest of these invite cards. But we said, this week of Valentine's Day, let's begin this series not as a downer, But as a real practical way of looking at the gospel and looking at what Jesus designed us for, and we hope it's going to be not only biblically based, but insightful and hopeful, inspire you to go in the next level to your
1: relationship, whether you are single or you're married. That's right. So, you know, going back to the game plan there, who has God already put in your life into your ever-widening circles of influence that he wants you to invite to church uh, this coming February? This, we're already in February. Uh, so remember the sequence here. Jerusalem, you, you start small, you start locally with those already around you, the relationships that you already have. Then we're talking about Judea and Samaria and surrounding regions. You expand your reach. People you sort of kind of know, maybe have that relationship. And you want to take it to another level and then we're talking of course about the ends of the earth that that hail mary that person that you you honestly think it, it may be unlikely but it's definitely worth the risk talking about the ends of the earth there so the challenge is when the ball drops next week And we have this relationship series. Will you take a risk and invite two people? Take two strategic plays and and actually to expand the kingdom of God. Two people. You've got two different cards there. You see them there. Take a risk to give a love and respect invite card and invite them to church. Invest. And invite that's our strategy and we've ripped it straight out of jesus own playbook
0: honestly for for colleen and i that one yard rush that like simple close to pre-existing relationship that's pretty easy it actually happened this week it was pretty natural um we're becoming friends with another couple who are the parents of a little girl who is a uh, chase's classmate in kindergarten so there's another kindergarten parents mm-hmm. and colleen's getting to know her quite well and they hang out and you know go for coffee and kind of stuff like that and it was amazing because the other week last week Literally, she starts talking with Colleen. Is like, hey, we're discussing schools. What happens after kindergarten? Where are we going to send our kids? And Colleen's like, well, what, you know, what are you thinking? And she's like, well, you know, we want to have them to have morals, but we're not sure exactly what we want them to believe, like, you know, religious, that whole thing. Um, we, so we're kind of like, we're looking at some religious schools. Like, we want them to believe in God. Like, we feel like that's really important. And I, I think we want to believe, like, in Jesus. Um, we're not sure. What do you think about that? <laughs> this is what she said to Colleen. And Colleen was like, I, I think... I think that's an amazing question, actually. Um, that's actually one my husband and I are actually wrestling with right now with our kids and everything. In fact, I don't know if you'd be interested. She's like, your husband's into that whole thing, isn't he? That Jesus thing? I was like, yeah, a little bit. A right. little bit. And, uh, and she's like, why don't you come to church with us next week and we'll go out for lunch after. We actually have programming for Liquid Kids and everything. She's like, really? She's like, yeah, check it out on the website. And I went and whoa, this is a different church. They are coming next Sunday because God was already stirring something in their heart. This is a layup for us. This is at the line of scrimmage. It's like God's setting us up, just kind of tee off, punt the thing. Now the 10-yard one kind of farther out. Yeah, you know,
1: not every not every relationship is that easy, right? People aren't asking you, oh, can you tell me more about Jesus? Most of the time, it's going to be like this mid-range pass. And for me and Erica, it's the Radcliffs, our friends, the Radcliffs. They kind of grew up in the church, actually Catholic background. He works for Google. They have kids and all that stuff. And they are your typical church CEOs. Christmas, Easter only, right? They only go to church during those two times, right? And this is like the 50-50% chance. I mean, I can bring it up, and it's going to take a lot of initiative on my part to actually stir up the conversation and invite them, and I'm taking a gamble there, a 50-50. Now, the Hail Mary, this is the long shot. How many of you have someone in your life
0: that you are like, they have no clue about God. They don't even know that they have a need for God. It would be the, it would like it would snow in here in Hades if like yeah. actually they came to church. How many has one person in their life you can think of? Their face right now, okay? Yeah. But if they did come, it could be a game changer. Here's the deal. Typically, these are people in life. And you know what? These actually are typically not the people who are like going off the rails. Like they're deep into some destructive lifestyle. It's typically actually people who everything is going well for. Hmm. Because their life is actually going fairly smoothly, it's like, you know, it'd be a miracle. Maybe they have a relation, you know, maybe they're happily married, they've got a good career, a seemingly successful life, but we don't know what is going on in the inside. Here is a dirty little secret, and this is going to shock some of you. Sometimes, even when we don't see any evidence of spiritual hunger in the lives of our friends who seemingly have it all together, it doesn't mean that God is not stirring something in their soul at the deepest, places within them. Catch this. What I mean is, a lot of Christians, we love to judge, right? And so a lot of times, we size people up and think, well, you know, they, she, she is so far from God, and I think he walks around without even a spiritual thought in his head every day. That's a lie. That's an illusion. The reality is, Lincoln, we believe everyone is on a spiritual journey. That is, whatever, whether we're aware of it or not, God's spirit is working behind the scenes at all times. To draw people to himself And that regardless of how successful or fulfilled or altogether People may appear to us Some people are far more spiritually receptive Than we think Take Tom Brady for example How many, how many of you saw that 60 Minutes interview that aired a couple weeks ago I have to admit When I saw this interview with Tom Brady My jaw went slack At what he had to say I mean here is a guy who does seemingly have it all. Right? 30 years old We'll give it to him. He's decent looking. He's pretty good looking. Gonna give him a little bit. Yeah. Um, he's not stunning. My wife's like, he's stunning. I was like, no! He's <laughs> you know, decent. He is
1: stunning. He, he is stunning. stunning. All right. All
0: right. All right. Three <laughs> Super Bowl rings, right? He is poised for his fourth tonight's Sorry. You know, fame, fortune, success. No object. He is even dating... Is this Giselle? The it's, Brazilian? Uh, that's what I I don't hear. know anything Giselle, about this. Tom I, told me about no, this. I heard This Brazilian supermodel, right, that he's dating. And yet, even Tom Brady on the eve of his fourth championship ring, has a sense like there's something more to life. Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and and still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey man, this is what it is. I reached my goal, my dream, my life is, me, I thank God, it's gotta be more than this. What's the answer? I wish I knew. I wish I knew. I love playing football, and I love being the quarterback for this team. And But at the same time, I think there's a lot of other parts about
1: me that I'm trying to find.
0: With three Super Bowl rings, he already has Hall of Fame credentials, even if he never played another game. But he's only 30 and just entering his prime. Do
1: you think he's going to go down as one of
0: the greatest players ever? I hope he goes down as the best player ever, not one of the greatest. I hope he goes down as the greatest. I mean, the sky's the limit. Which of the rings do you like the best? What's uh, your favorite ring? My favorite ring? What I always said, and I said always, the next one. The next one's the best. Maybe that's what it will be. <laughs> that finally completes me. Maybe it's the next ring, and you can almost sense like he doesn't believe it himself. I mean, this, it's incredible despite unprecedented... Who wouldn't trade with Tom Brady? Fa- fortune, fame, bling, everything else, he still has a sense like his life is incomplete and he was made for something bigger. I mean, and that, that is incredible to me. Like there's something missing in his life, transcendent and bigger than football and fame and all that jazz. Mm. In the 5th century, St. Augustine said that every human being was made and created with a God-shaped whole in the center of their heart. And we spend the rest of our lives trying to fill that hole in our heart with all the usual suspects, right? Whatever we think. It'll be, you know, success, power, money, sex, relationships, whatever it is. But the trick is, is that the hole is in the shape of God himself, not a Super Bowl trophy. And so Tom Brady, at the pinnacle of achievement, he asked this incredibly brave question. I think it was incredibly brave. He said, is there, is there more to life than this? Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and still think there's something greater out there for me. Maybe a lot of people would say, I reached my goal, my dream, my life. Me, I think, God, there's got to be more than this. And when Steve Croft says to him, well, what's the answer? And he says, I wish I knew. I wish someone could tell me. I wish I I knew. Point. There is someone in your life who you may be sizing up as having no need for God. No hunger, no spiritual appetite. They seemingly have it all together. And the reality is God's spirit is stirring. There's a restless restlessness there. And it will continue until it finds its sole satisfaction in Jesus Christ alone. And the
1: question really is, who's going to give the ball to Brady? That's right. I mean, who has God already put in your life that you know you can just give a simple handoff to this very week? Even as we're talking, I bet for most of you, there are like faces and like names popping up of people already in your lives that you're thinking about who aren't here right now, who aren't experiencing God that could be here next week. You know, uh, would you be willing to invite that person? Would you be willing to invest in that person and invite that person to, to church? You know, uh, and I mean, you know, think about it. There isn't a more easy layup. There isn't a more you know short yardage gain than than having a sermon series talking about sex. And relationships You know It it doesn't get easier than that You know Folks we're not talking about Like a verse by verse Through Obadiah here As interesting as that would be You know No This is as easy as Hey you know My church They're actually doing this series On sex and relationships And and they're using like These movie themes You know Hitch And and, and failure to launch You want to come I mean we can go There's a restaurant downstairs We can go check it out And then have lunch afterwards And and you know what Your friend's going to say Your friend's going to be like Wait wait did you say church? Did you? Just, were you just describing your church? What kind of church is that? You know, and you can say, you know, your, your answer can be, you know, just, just come and check it out. You know, we've got a crazy kick butt band. You know, the people are real friendly. No one's judgmental. It's not your mama's church. You know, pastors are a little uh, whack, but you know that's okay. You'll get over it. You know, no pressure. Very easy.
0: Jesus actually thought so. That's the amazing thing. In fact, he thought enough of his original team of 12, his disciples, and us, his modern day squad, that he said, the goal is the ends of the earth, and here's how we're going to do it. Are you ready for the big bomb? I'm God, I could do this in an instant, but I'm not going to. I'm going to use
1: Hmm.
0: Steve. Go, Steve. I'm going to use Mike. This is the strategy. One by one, it will take my life, and it will take everybody in my church to finally achieve the purpose for which I made you. It will take Craig. Craig, look alive. <laughs> no, <I'm not> gonna... <laughs> Craig just went white. He's like, what? No. <laughs> Incredible. All right. Here. Who's going to play the game? I want everyone. you got a pen. Everyone hold up their pen. I want to, on the count of three, I want to hear clicking. One, two, three. Click, click, click. Listen. Wow. It sounds like rain.
1: Nice. Just enjoy that moment. Look that at that. Weird.
0: Hold that pen. In the book of Revelation, we are told that God has literally written down names into the book of life. People who are lost, who are now having their names written into his book of life, who will, sp- who will spend forever somewhere. But the book is not finished being written. Hmm. book of Revelation is, but the book of life is still open. And so the question is, it's an unfinished book. And there are people who have no idea that, me- that life right now has purpose and meaning. Or if they're hurting, they have no idea that there's hope. Or if they think, you know, if I I die or something like that, I don't even know if there's life after. There are still people in Summit and Samaria, Sparta, Hoboken, Jerusalem, even to the ends of the earth like Long Island. They are out there. And the question is, will you take the ball and run with it? Who will go for God? We've been given the instructions and challenged by Jesus himself, and it's like, who will take a play? And, and, and who are the men and women who might just have their lives changed? Because you took the ball. Here's what I want you to do. On those two cards, because I know some of you right now, and you're like, oh, faces are coming to your mind, names are coming to your mind. I'm like, I don't want to talk with him about that. No, I don't want to. But you've been seeing something happening, and what I'm going to do, I want you to write their name on the back of the card. First name only. So I'm writing down the name of that couple. Who Colleen and I already invited. <laughs> the thank heavens Colleen did that. That was a good thing. I was like, that's a for even me. But who are two people who you may be like, you know what? I could take a shot. This could be my moment. Because I'm part of something bigger here. Would you write their names down just on each card as a sense of your commitment to actually get out of the bleachers and come onto the field and say, I will be part of the game plan. I will play my part. And I will actually pray and I will actually take a risk. And leverage these friendships, and believe God's lining them up for something more. Say, I'm in. Would you write down their two names on these cards? Now, here's the question. In fact, let's do this together. Um, so, 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 if you write, so who are you writing down on your cards? I'm writing down
1: the longtime CEOs, Radcliffes. The
0: Radcliffes, right? Yep. So you've got the Radcliffes. I've got our folks, uh, Hail Mary. Who's like? The, who's a long shot that you would write down in here and be like, you know what? we got to
1: try Tom Brady. we just got to try it. You're going to email Tom Brady? Let's email him. Let's do something.
0: Good luck with that. All right. You know, it doesn't even have to be to next week. This is a five-week series, so maybe there's, like, again, one kind of moment in here where you're like, I know someone just went through a breakup, and and this would be a powerful moment for them to come and hear the gospel, the good news of Christ, you know, to it. The best part is you don't even have to hand it to them physically. If you go online at liquidchurch.com, we now have the bottom left-hand corner, invite a friend. And you can actually send this mm-hmm. by email to them with a description of the series and everything. Awesome. That's what, exactly what we did. But they don't have to come. What are some of the names actually that people just wrote down? What, what are some of the names? What are the names? Call them out. Dave Bancroft, I know. Or I'm praying for him too. I hope <laughs> some Bank, you. you're gonna come. Uh, what are the names? Yell them out. What are the names? Good. All right. Yeah. These, there's only one person who cares about him more than you. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ gave his life. For that person. And he moved you into position to cut a strategic play. It's an amazing thing what God does behind the scenes when we actually just play a little part in it and actually take that risk. I saw this happen this past summer. I won't name him to embarrass him at all, but an amazing thing happened. Someone came to our church, young man, young man, he's my age, he's in his 30s. That's young. And he actually came to the Rock God series. A friend had heard about it, and he was like, what kind of church is this? He actually yeah. said that. And he came to the Rockout series, and I saw him afterwards, and he was shaking hands. I will never forget this, because he shaked my hand. I saw he had like a newcomer's bag. And I said, hey. It he was like, first time. He's like, yeah, I haven't been to Mass in a while. He's like, about 20 years. And I go, well, what do you think? And he goes, you know what? That didn't suck. And, uh, and he walked out. Literally. That's what he told me his first week. Now, he came back the second week, and I remembered that. And I was like, what do you think? And he goes like this. he goes, you know what? You didn't blow it yet. And I asked him about that And he had had some incredibly hurtful experiences In the church growing up But he continued to come through that entire Rock God series And then around Christmas He joined Starting Point Mm -hmm. Starting Point is our class For actually people who are taking a first step towards God Or maybe have questions about God and faith And he says, is this going to be a safe place You're not going to twist my arm? No And he experienced incredibly sensitive leaders Who were not trying to strong arm or anything But just actually do life together Answer honest questions and at the end of starting point, the most incredible thing happened. He was showing kind of a spiritual continuum. It's like I was at this, this place in my journey where I was like curious about God, but kind of wary about this whole Jesus faith thing. But actually, I am putting my trust in Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, because I know He's real now. And his life was changed. The best part is this past week on Tuesday, he showed up right for Christianity 201. For Tom's Christianity 201 class. To find out what is this life all about beyond just being saved, what is, what is the mission? What's the purpose of my life? Why? Because we did something great and dramatic. No, because he some thought enough to invite him and trusted the Holy Spirit was actually going to do something, yeah. and he did. He did something powerful. My question is, what's God going to do through the names that you have written on there? Hold up those names, would you? In fact, can we all stand? Just let's stand together with these with your cards. These are, hold them up, these are the names of, of people God misses most, that people Jesus gave his life for, and he put on your mind for a reason today, and here's what I want to do. We're, we're, football is a team sport, and it is very important for none of you to feel alone. It is not up to you. God goes before you. But would you, hold these up, look around at the other people this week who are going to be carrying this ball. Let, let's actually, look, let's look at Acts 8 and read Jesus' instructions to his team together. Would you throw it up there, Nick? Let's read this together. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We've got the game plan. Who wants the ball? Who will go for God? Let's commit just together and just pray together and commit to follow Jesus onto the field this February. Father, as we stand here with these names, we know this, this is an act of commitment to reach people you care desperately about. And we care about them too, God. These are our family. These are our friends. Father, you know their faces and you love them. You gave your life for them. Now, Father, give us the courage to put the ball in the play this week. Would you open up conversations, Lord? Let us see openings. Let us take the ball and run with this. We choose to believe your Holy Spirit is already working out of sight behind the scenes, stirring their hearts for our invitation. So thank you. Thank you for the trust that you've placed in us. We now commit these names to you and ask you to reveal yourself to these people this February and change their lives forever. Do it for your glory and with your Spirit's power. In your name, Jesus, we ask these things, and they all said together, amen.